You are now listening to a Providence Community Church podcast. For more information, please visit ProvidenceTX.org. So to that end, we open God's Word every week because we believe that it was given to us that we may know, worship, and obey Jesus. So today we are going to be in a standalone sermon this morning out of the book of Mark, chapter 4. If you have a Bible with you, go ahead and turn there with me. If you do not have a Bible, there should be one underneath the seat in front of you. And if you do not own a copy of God's Word in your home, please take that Bible with you today as a gift from us. So again, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. If you guys, if you're able, go ahead and stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Hear the word of the Lord. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Y'all can be seated. Good morning, Providence. Woo, woo. Rowdy crowd today, huh? Good morning, Providence. Um... My name is Mario, in case I have not met you yet, I am one of the elders here, and I want to welcome all of you, welcome uh, our visitors, I want to welcome also uh, those who are at home listening and or watching. Um, Thank you for making the time to be here with us. Um, I am a bit nervous preaching today uh, for many reasons. But one of them is uh, I'm following uh, Brendan's message of last week. He did an amazing job, but he revealed to us that he has seen the office like 100 times. That's what he said. I have not seen but a couple of, uh, a couple of the episodes, but he has seen it many times, uh, like 30-something. So I'm left out. I feel left out, but I'm going to try to do my best. And maybe start watching The Office next week. <laughs> um, it's, an, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here uh, sharing the word with you guys. Um, opening the scripture and together uh, try to see what the Lord has for us. We just finished last week a um, series uh, called The Great Eight. Where we explore the truths and promises um, in, of Romans chapter 8. And today is a standalone message. We use these ones to address situations or to encourage uh, our congregation or people. And so today, uh, my desire is to encourage you with a message. Uh, today, uh, my desire is to remind you that Jesus is for you, that Jesus loves you, 
And as you saw, the scripture is about a storm. And um, sometimes when we are going through storms or, or uh, focus shift to the problem, uh, today I want to encourage you and, and remind you that our eyes should be on Jesus. He loves us. He is for us. Amen? After many hours of research and thinking and praying, I came up with a very clever message in the boat. <laughs> Chacha was making fun of me on that title. Uh, let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Jesus, we, we run to you and the picture is of your arms open wide, ready to embrace us, ready to to come and calm our hearts. So I pray that as we read the scriptures to study them, that today that, that you will do that, Lord. Come into our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, that the words that, that, that I will say, that, that we the words that you want me to say today, Lord. Lord, that, that the word will, will bring us uh, a strength and hope. And that in everything, you will receive the honor and the glory. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. On 1991, there were three weather patterns that collided uh, in the North Atlantic. Three weather forces coming from three different parts of the world that uh, formed one of the biggest storms uh, in a long time. Uh, the storm was hitting the, uh, the coast of uh, Canada and New England. The fishing boat, the Andrea Gale, uh, and, his six, and his six members' uh, crew were lost in the storm. The disaster was recorded uh, on the best-selling book by Sebastian Hunger called The Perfect Storm. And if you remember... They made a big movie about it too uh, with George Clooney uh, as a lead actor um, called The Perfect Storm. Uh, since then, um, the phrase The Perfect Storm um, is used to identify uniquely difficult situations when several forces um, come together to cause havoc. In, um, in our midst. It seems to me that we, as a nation, as a state, as a city, are going through something similar, like a perfect storm that is uh, causing in our hearts fear and anxiety. And maybe you are not experiencing a storm today, but Maybe it will come to you. Or, or maybe you are not experiencing a storm of life. But maybe the words of the scripture can help you bring hope to a person that you know that is going through a difficult situation. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic has caused more fear and anxiety uh, to everyone than ever before. I mean, we were 
uh, uh, as a nation, we were having a problem with uh, uh, anxiety and, and uh, depression. And, and now this COVID-19 is making the problem worse. Um, let alone causing uh, a financial crisis that is hitting every segment of society, almost every segment. Um, for example, one of the latest announcements on, on uh, stores closing down, I don't know if you heard the news, is Steinmart. My wife almost had a meltdown. She cried like for two hours. It's her favorite store. I'm going to be saving some money, so that's the good news. But uh, many stores are closing. I read in Yelp uh, like two months ago, so the numbers are probably uh, a lot higher, that more than 16,000 restaurants have closed permanently. Some have closed um, uh, temporarily because of the COVID, but more than 16,000 have closed permanently. Many of these restaurants are mom and pop restaurants, the people that grab all their savings, invested, open a restaurant, and overnight, gone. That's hard. Many people have lost their jobs, their money, their security, their investments, retirement. And I don't think that we have seen the final financial repercussions of uh, the crisis. I think that we're still going to see more and, and more um, bad stuff. We are also saddened by the many lives lost and the widespread hospitalization and, and the sickness that have brought to, to the nation. You take that and then you couple that with the death of uh, George Floyd, uh, the recent shooting of Jacob Blake, that has sparked one of the most difficult times in racial tension in history in our nation. Leaders are trying to find a solution and an answer to the crisis, but seems elusive. Racial injustice is a problem and a crisis that concerns us all, that affects us all. As Christians, we stand boldly against injustice and need to be the voice for the ones marginalized and, and the orphans and the widows. But it's a problem that is brewing. That is, there is not a solution right now. Then you take that and add the political situation, the divisiveness, the, uh, the rhetoric that uh, it seems that is causing in, in families and, and friends a difficult situation. Seems that we are polarized and, and people taking sides. All those three things not only affect us personally, affect the church, affect our work environment. And in my opinion, all these three things are causing a perfect storm. We are living unprecedented times. Multiple things can threaten our regular rhythms of life, our finances, our health, our jobs, our relationships. And we question how much can we sustain when, when, when many things are just putting pressure on us. Some of us are in the middle of a big storm. 
Providence, our church, has been affected by these storms. But I, I think that the most important thing is for us to have the right perspective when in difficult times. When all these three things come to, to uh, affect us, the most important thing is to have the right perspective in difficult times. We are in the middle of a big storm, yes, and you're going to hear me time and time again that we are in the middle of a big storm or that we are in the storm. But what I want to assure you is that Jesus is in the boat with us and that there is light at the end of the storm. Amen? How many of you believe that? I don't know what is your storm today. But I know that Jesus will provide a solution for you. I believe the story of Jesus coming the storm can provide for us the right perspective on how to live with hope and how to overcome the storms in life. So that brings me to my first point. My first point is the certainty of storms. Maybe we could say the certainty of unexpected storms. The scripture tells us, as we read it, verse 36 to 37, that Jesus tells the disciples, let's go to the other side. Let's cross to the other side. And the disciples obediently just grab the boat and they go to the other side. They, they go to the Sea of Galilee and when in the middle of the trip, they encounter a huge storm. The word that Mark uses to uh, describe the storm in the Greek can mean a hurricane or an earthquake. So the idea on Mark is like an earthquake in the middle of the sea. <clears throat> We see the severity of the storm um, for the fact that the disciples were terrified. They were fearful. They were afraid. But think about it. They were fishermen. Used to be there on that environment continually, right? They, all their life, they were, they were fishermen that would go to that sea to catch fish for uh, life, for living. And now... They see the storm and, and they are afraid. So it has to be that it was a huge storm. Laura like the, the storm that just came through and hit Louisiana. Mark says that the waves broke over into the boat. Matthew and Luke are more vivid in the way they describe it. Matthew said the ship was covered with waves. And Luke says... They were filled with water and they were in jeopardy. All three gospels, the disciples tell Jesus that they're about to perish. The disciples were not expecting the storm. It just came all of a sudden. They find in the middle of this huge storm and they are afraid. They don't know what to do. Isn't that similar to what happened to us this year? No one was expecting COVID-19. 
No, no one was expecting all the other problems that are happening. All of a sudden, a storm came to our nation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Many times in life, we will encounter storms that they will come all of a sudden. The great news is that Jesus in John 16.33 tells us, in life, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world, say Jesus. Yes, we are experiencing a big one right now. But notice, my second point is the paradox in the, sto in the story. <clears throat> Many times, trouble in life come to us because of our own bad decisions. And we suffer the consequences of our sin, right? But in this case, the disciples were following Jesus' directions. Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. The disciples grab their staff, get them ready, and they, they go. They are obeying Jesus, right? They are uh, following his commands. And then they experience a storm. In spite of being obedient, they are going through a difficult time. Friends, following Jesus does not guarantee us that we will not experience trouble. Obeying Jesus will not guarantee us that we are uh, life free of headaches. Jesus guarantees us that he will be with us in the boat. That he will be with us through the storm. One of my favorite passages is Isaiah 43, 1 to 3. <clears throat> I want to read it. And I want you to hear the words of the Lord for you. Today, our Lord is telling you and he's telling me, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This is what the Lord is telling you today. I remember when uh, my youngest baby, Tita, was born. And uh, she was born with a, a disease called Hirschsprung disease. It's a problem in the intestines where a piece of the intestine is not working correctly. And I remember... Uh, that huge storm in our lives. I mean, our baby, we want to take it home from the hospital, and we couldn't. And we 
went through several years of, of, of pain, of surgeries, of seeing your, your daughter going through uh, pain. And, and that's hard for the father, for the mom. I remember those days. You know what? The constant was that Jesus was with us. We were reminded almost every day that Jesus was in the boat with us. And we overcome that storm. And now, beautiful, beautiful story. And another example, personal uh, example, uh, this year in our company uh, was supposed to be one of the best years ever. My wife and I uh, have a company, run a company of food and beverage at airports, and we've been growing steady every year, every year organically. But this year, uh, we, we worked really hard last year to uh, line up several contracts, and we were already... Uh, planning many restaurants and many openings, and we were excited. Again, we're going to be one of the best years ever. But all of a sudden, in March, 85% of our sales and 85% of our income disappear overnight. And the hopes of all the restaurants, uh, all the openings, gone all of a sudden. We know that Jesus is in the boat with us. It's not easy navigating through these waters. It's not easy to uh, just try to face those situations, that storm. But we know that Jesus is with us through this storm. I love the scripture that I read early, John 16, uh, the, the Lord tells us, that uh, fear not that he have overcome the world. Did you notice that he didn't say, I overcome this little problem, this COVID-19 or this other situation, or I will overcome this other thing? No, he already overcome the world, meaning he already have overcome every storm in your life. Amen? He have overcome every storm in your life. As a church, we, we are going through uh, a storm. Many of uh, the people in our congregation have, uh, have the, 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 the problem, the COVID-19. But uh, think about it. Court uh, and Morgan, our pastors, have been pursuing the adoption of their daughter um, for the last four years. And Brendan... Last week, eloquently lay out the difficulties and the setbacks that they have had over the last four years, trying to bring her home. He's doing that right now, stepping in faith. As we talk to them, the constant is that they know that Jesus is in the boat with them through this storm. And by the way, if you have not uh, hear Brenda's message of last week. Please go and, 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 and listen. It was an amazing message. Uh, thank you, Brenda. It was a great message last week. Gordon Morgan know that Jesus is for them. In another note, in another, as a, as a church, uh, our, our dear brother Mike, one of our elders, he's experiencing one of the biggest storms of life as he's battling cancer. 
And as we interact with him, we were visiting not too long ago, as we interact with him, you, you feel uh, his trust in the Lord, his hope. And when you go to try to minister to him, he's ministering to you. Because he knows that Jesus is in the boat with him as he goes through this storm. Jesus is with you as you go through the storms of life. Storms will come our way. But Jesus promised that he will be with us. Like he was with Sadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego on the fire pit. As he was with uh, Daniel in the lion's den. As he was with David. As he was fighting the giant. Jesus is for us. What happened is that sometimes we take our eyes from trusting in Jesus and put him on the problem. I think that this is what's happening with the disciples, which brings me to my third point. My third point is Jesus revealed. In verse 38, the scripture tells us that the disciples awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They are experienced fishermen, but they have come to the to their end of their uh, human ability. They, they cannot do it anymore. And then at that time is when they go to Jesus. The disciples' stone seems a bit uh, forceful, uh, challenging. They are afraid. They are fearful. And, and uh, it seems that they are telling that Jesus doesn't care for the situation. I feel like we are sometimes like that uh, in life. We feel sometimes that God is removed or far. That he doesn't care about our situations. Many times we cry, where are you, Lord? The scripture tells us that Jesus rebuked the wind. He arose and uh, told the sea and, and the wind, peace be still. And immediately the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. When Jesus uh, rebuked the wind, that word that he used right there, is a, the word literally means he ordered the wind to stop. It's the same Greek word that Jesus used when he commanded evil spirits. Jesus was not only calming his disciples' nerves, but he was revealing to them that he had the same command over the forces of nature as he did over demons. We see that in previous chapters in Mark, he cast out a, de a demon, an evil spirit. Then he healed many people, including Peter's uh, uh, mother-in-law. Uh, many people he was healed, and you see that in the previous chapters. But here, he's commanding nature. Here is commanding nature. He has power over nature. Mark tells us that immediately after Jesus said those words, there was a great calm. Imagine Laura, the big storm that came 
uh, that, all, that hit uh, the coast of Louisiana 150 miles per hour. Imagine that storm and all of a sudden Jesus telling you, be still. That's what happened that day. I don't know if we can understand that or can imagine that or can uh, comprehend uh, the, the power that uh, of Jesus stopping that storm. And then Jesus turned this situation into a teaching moment. He asked them, why are you so fearful? Why you don't have faith? They have seen Jesus do many miracles. They have seen Jesus uh, uh, telling stories. They've been with him. And now in this situation, they don't have faith when they need it. They, I believe, in my perspective, they had not really comprehend and see Jesus his true divine power and Jesus in his totality. He have just seen a little bit of Jesus. They, they cannot really uh, believe that Jesus have the power of ev over everything. Could it be that sometimes the same thing happens in our lives? We go about our daily lives knowing about Jesus. Gathering at home groups. Uh, coming to church. But maybe following from a distance, seeing miracles in other people's lives, hearing the teachings of Jesus, but not really comprehending the power that he has. What, what I want to, what I want to, I, I don't know if my words are, are being, uh, driving the point and all that. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is mighty. And the same Jesus that was coming the storm right there for the disciples is the same Jesus that lived in us, within us. He's powerful. He's powerful over your storm in life. We just need to trust him. We just need to run to him. We just need to believe him. Maybe today is the day that we will truly discover Jesus. In his totality, his power, his love for us, his desire that we will live victorious lives. That we will live lives with hope. As I was preparing for the message and praying and, and seeking, the Lord remind me many times of a poem that um, I love. It's, a, it's written by Isaac Wimberly. Maybe you have heard this uh, poem is a, is a it's a beautiful piece and I'm going to read it all I'm going to just read the last part of the poem um, and, and I think that it will just um, minister to our hearts allow me to read this poem to you so he sent his son Jesus Christ the world living proof he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn born among all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word, he sustained in the power of his name. For he is before all things. He reigned. 
holy is his name and so praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife. The humble son of God became the perfect sacrifice and we praise him for his death. He willingly stood in our place that he lovingly endured the grave and he battled our enemy. And on the third day, he rose in victory. We praise him because he rose. Hallelujah, he rose. He is everything that was promised. And we praise him as the risen king. As we lift our voices and sing, for one day he will return for us. And we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. So, it's not just words that I proclaim, for my words point to the word. And the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. And we will praise him. Praise his name forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. That name is Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. I love that Jesus doesn't rebuke them for the lack of understanding, but for their fear. The real threat to faith is not the lack of knowledge. We know a lot about Jesus. The real threat to faith is the lack. The real threat to faith, again, is not the lack of knowledge, but it's fear. Because faith and fear cancel each other out. If you have fear, you have no faith. But if you have faith, you can have victory over fear. Anxiety, depression, and doubt. Their fear was evidence of their lack of trust in Jesus. But look what happened next. The scripture tells us that they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The disciples' fear changed. Before they were afraid for their lives, but they are now more af afraid as they discover that they are in the presence of God that commands nature. Suddenly, they realize that their friend Jesus, their wise teacher, their, wonder their wonderful friend was more powerful than they imagined. Before they have seen Jesus ministering to other people. But now the experience is personal. Jesus is saving their lives. I love Job 42.5. It tells us. I have heard you by hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see you. 
is something different when you experience that in a personal way. Let me start closing the message today. The question today is, why did Jesus perform this miracle? Why Mark, Matthew, and Luke uh, highlighted? I think that the reason was to compel us to ask the question in verse 41. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Mark responds for us. He is the Christ, the Son of God. Mark writes the story in, in, this, in his effort to demonstrate throughout the gospel that Jesus is the Son of God. A term meaning that he was God in the flesh on this earth. But there is another unmistakable value in this story for our lives personally. The fact is that this passage is a beautiful picture of believers when they go through trials and difficult times. As we recap the story, notice few things. Number one, Jesus invites us to get into the boat of life with him, but he does not exempt us from storms. The Lord sometimes allows difficult times to mold us, to mature us, to uh, matures in our Christian life, uh, maybe prepare us for his service. When we enter the storm of life, we naturally recoil from it. But because who in the right mind wants to experience pain or suffering or, or any difficult trial in our lives or our families? And though sometimes our trials are the results, as I said earlier, of our own mistakes or sin, the truth is that often our storms have nothing to do with discipline. They are part of life. And us living in this world that is falling. God allows trials in our life for our own good. Think about it. Jesus could have kept the disciples from experiencing this awful storm. Could have come from before, Right? But if he had, they would, the disciples have never, would have never experienced one of the greatest miracles in history. Their faith would have not grown as much. If you notice their ministry after this, the ministry was powerful, full of faith, full of difficulties too. But I imagine when they were going through difficult situations, they will remember when Jesus was in the boat, come in the storm. God invites us to go in the boat with him. And he assures us that he is with us. Second, God wants to bring us to a place where we recognize that without him, we cannot handle the storms in our lives by ourselves. Sometimes we try to do it on our own. But we have Jesus. If you know that the disciples didn't come uh, first to him, they tried to handle the crisis the crisis on their own. And that's uh, the way we are sometimes in our Christian lives, isn't it? We try to handle our problems in our own strength, 
until we lose all hope. And then we cry to Jesus. Friends, I invite you to just go first to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Finally, <laughs> let's trust and wait on the Lord. That's hard. That's hard. But let's trust and wait on the Lord. When a storm hits, you can rise above it by trusting in God and waiting on Him. When a storm hits, you can rise above by trusting in God and waiting on Him. Trusting in God and waiting on Him. The storm might overwhelm you for a while. It may be especially a strong, a violent and a long-lasting storm. But in time, by God's grace, you can be sure His power and love will lift you above it. It's not the burdens of life that weigh us down. It's how we handle them. The two words most used by Jesus in the gospel, in the gospels, is fear not. And you believe it. The two words most used by Jesus is fear not. And the phrase don't be afraid, don't be afraid, can be found in the scriptures more than 300 times. God knows that we tend to be fearful and, and anxious. And he left us an amazing scripture that I want to give you this morning. Isaiah 40, 31. The Lord tells us, they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Friend, if you are one of God's children this morning, he is at work in your storms. Even when you don't recognize it, even when you don't understand it, even if you don't see it, he's in the boat with you during the storm. He promises, I will never leave you, not forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. He said again, I will never leave you, not forsake you. Take it to heart. Take it to heart. The story ends on the next chapter. Chapter 5, verse 1. When Mark tells us, that they made it to the other side. At the beginning of the story, Jesus tell them, tell the disciples, let's go to the other side. They got to the other side. Jesus is inviting us, let's go to the other side. Be assured, be confident that he will take us to the other side. He loves you, he's for you. And he's in the boat with us as we go through storms in life. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, thank you for that beautiful story.
Thank you for the example there. Lord, thank you for the challenge from you, from the scriptures to us. To not be afraid. But to trust in you. Oh Lord, I pray that, um, that your word, that, that your, the verses that I have meditated today that we have seen, Lord, will bring hope to our hearts, Lord. That will bring strength to our hearts, Lord. I pray for those in our congregation, Lord, experiencing difficult times, Lord. And we pray that you will strengthen, Lord. That, that you will lift up their hands, Lord. Lord, we pray for those that are going through life uh, with, with a big storm and they have lost hope. Oh, Father, I pray that you will bring hope today to them. That you will bring peace, Lord, in the middle of the situation. Not peace from uh, the circumstances that we see in front of us. But peace from you, Lord. Peace from above, a strength from above, hope from you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.